We don't do that here. But the What a fucking weekend. What a fight-filled weekend. Um, I was only a half casual this weekend. We had a, a big boxing fight. We'll talk about that later. But this is the ultimate fucking casual. Who's the ultimate fucking casual? That's me. I'm Leo. I'm joined by my good pal Nathan. And we are not joined by our other good pal Chief. He is leading the Interpol Task Force searching for... Senior MMA correspondent Brock, who has not been back since he went on assignment to cover the uh, Leon Edwards fight. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Missing in action. Missing it's okay, it. we've got the best people looking for him. Yeah. And Chiefs at the helm. So let's get started real quick with some uh, quick talking points. Uh, PFL, going to be purchasing Bellator. I put a question mark here because I would have thought that would be going the other way. Um... Is is there substance to this? Because I haven't I haven't seen any reporting since the like since the hat dropped, I guess, since the news broke. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot either. There's a little bit of chatter. I know Ariel Hilwani uh, mentioned it, and uh, I think one or two sites have covered it. But initially, it just started with like some really low uh, low profile Twitter accounts that were mentioning it, and so. It, it seems I don't know. It, it seems like a dubious source, but maybe something's happening behind the scenes. I don't know. Doesn't seem as substantial as the matchroom that Eddie Hearn is shopping matchroom boxing. That's pretty. That's pretty crazy to me. It's like Hugh Hefner selling the mansion. Yeah. Well, matchrooms had a rough last two years. They just like, signed an extension, though, which is pretty crazy. A three-year extension with uh, DAZN. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Well, maybe that even gives value to it. Yeah. They know at least it'll be buoyed by DAZN for a couple years. Yep. You got three years of your your fights being secured with a broadcasting platform. So we'll see what happens with both of those. The, the Matchroom stuff, we'll talk more on B-Sides and... Uh, boxing in espanol with my good buddy asis asis to give him his proper pronunciation max holloway mentioned was it him that mentioned fighting gervonta davis in a boxing match yes oh, he was saying oh that would be a fun fight to do i don't think he realizes what he's asking <laughs> yeah for. i don't think so either the uh the bit i have here is a uh, rest in spaghetti never forgetty max holloway like you have no idea what you're asking for here money of sure course I'm, right like i'm sure he has no like it would just be a cool experience for him to go and fight someone like tank but i'm sure no part of his mind thinks he's actually winning it's just like where's my golden parachute now that you know my time in the ufc is sort of but uh, you know I, i'm sure he'll want to fight a career. couple more times but right he's at his sunset yeah that makes sense um if he doesn't does he is his uh contract like time based or fight based? Like how many fights does he have left? Fight, should be fight based. I don't know how many he currently has on his deal. Because he's in his early thirties, if I recall correctly. I know he was a lot younger than I thought he was. Um, nonetheless, 
at his time, at how how we saw him against Arnold Allen versus Javante Davis, that we saw against uh, Ryan Garcia. Um, obviously, like you you are stepping into the Masters ring into like the Masters workshop, not Tank Davis coming into yours. So mm-hmm. it, this is McGregor Mayweather like all all over again, but except that Max Holloway is actually like a pretty cool gent versus McGregor. Mm-hmm. But, and there's also, I guess, the worry that Tank punches way, way harder. Yeah. At least pound for pound than Floyd did at that part of his career. Absolutely. Um, it's a good payday for Max, no doubt about it. It's just like how much of your health are you willing to put up for it. But, oh well. <clears throat> Let's get into the recaps. On April 29th, uh, we had a bare knuckle card in Colorado. So. I mentioned this one because there was a couple of MMA guys coming out on here. I think the two main, the main event, uh, Mike Perry gets a KO2 versus uh, Luke Rockhold. He, uh, Rockhold refu- uh, did not want to continue after he got his tooth knocked out. Um, he showed the camera is fucking gross. I thought it was gross. Like that's one of those things that just really gets under my skin is like teeth being n- not in not normal situations. Ugh. Um, but yeah, he so Luke loses a tooth, and Mike Perry uh, calls out uh, Conor McGregor, who was in the crowd, and they had Conor McGregor with a BKFC belt on his shoulder when he comes into the the cage or whatever. And Mike Perry sounds he's like that dude is punchy as fuck. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know if you heard him. Did you Did you see their little quote unquote confrontation? I did watch a little bit of it. Mike Perry is a very uh, punchable person. <laughs> yeah, obviously. He kind of asks for it. Um, it's weird. Like, they were facing off, and they were really... Their words, the way that they sounded, the tone, if you didn't hear what they were saying, the tone sounded confrontational. But for the short period that you could hear what they were saying, they were complimenting each other the whole time. Like yeah, mm-hmm. you you looked really good in that fight. Yeah, you looked really good doing this, and you, yeah, that was really good. Yeah, you did that really good. Okay, good good job, guys. Like you really sold it there. <clears throat> yeah, uh, I didn't. I, I'm not sure how much stock I would put into this being like actual beef. Like I know Perry, you know, kind of makes enemies out of everyone, but um, so does. Connor. I don't know. I, I bet like just someone from maybe the bare knuckle president gassed Connor up to going up there and just figured it would you know work itself out and these guys have no interest in actually fighting each other they just like <laughs> being in the spotlight yeah putting on appearances pretenses for the cameras uh, right so Mike Perry gets the TKO uh, into Eddie Alvarez gets a split decision over Chad Mendez I don't know which of these were the UFC guys um, but that happened they're both both the UFC guys. Oh, excellent! So there you go. Uh, both both Conor McGregor victims as well. Really? Maybe that's mm-hmm. what they were talking. What he and Mike Perry were talking about is like, yeah, well, you beat the shit out of Eddie Alvarez. That was great. I loved it, bro. Yeah, I think Mendez, I think was it was either right before or a couple fights before the Aldo fight before Conor really took off. But it was one of his first big names he fought. Uh-huh. And then some people regard 
Eddie Alvarez is Connor's like primest form. Like that was Pete. unbelievable striking performance with that one. Even better than that like check check straight on uh, Aldo. Yeah, I mean the Aldo fights like that's gonna live forever. Infamy, just, right? Right. Just for that being a championship fight and just the way it ended. I mean, it's it's legendary in its own right. But if we're talking about like a top to bottom like striking clinic, uh, I mean, this is. Like, I see what you mean now. Like, like I mean, this one shines above everything else, in my opinion. Very cool. So uh, now we get to see them at uh, at their worst in BKFC. <laughs> That's right. Uh, this uh, the next one, uh, Christine. For Feria, I don't know, and uh, Beck Rawlings, that was a doctor stoppage in one with uh, Feria. I think she was the champ and gets the win. And uh, this one, I meant to cut it out. This was more for the boxing shows that we do. Uh, James Brown, doctor stoppage in three against Mile High Mike Alvarado, making his bare knuckle debut. Um, as he was coming in, and as the fight started, they were really trying to talk him up as having, you know, like, former world champion in boxing and all that. Mm-hmm. Obvi- this is obviously not the same Mike Alvarado. We, we, uh, that, mm, get paid, I guess. If you, you got to do what you got to do. But, uh, yeah. Ouch. <clears throat> not a good look. So, I think well, this, this is some, the retirement league, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is also kind of, you get, I don't know, bro points or masculinity points for doing the whole bare knuckle thing. Oh, I feel like yeah. that's something these guys. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It does have a bit of bro points there. Uh, let's move on to the UFC Fight Night card. This one was at the Apex in Vegas. Uh, headlined by Yadong Song, or Song Yadong, excuse me, gets the KO5 over Ricky Simon. Uh, Chief picked Song to win this one. Um, what happened to Ricky Simon? Like, what, what, what were the biggest? What was the biggest weak point in his game plan against Song? I don't know. He just he never felt like he really ever got going uh, in this fight, and I think part of the issue is that I feel like Sedan or. Song Yudong, that's I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, just he's just in a he looked like he was in a different class. Like this, I don't think this fight ever looked particularly competitive to me, and Yudong kind of ran away with it. Um, so, so yeah, disappointing on my end. I thought <laughs> I thought Sion, or Simon was gonna uh, actually win this one, but it was not to. <coughs> Um, yeah, I don't really have much to add. Um, I'm a little bit too, too green for these, uh, to, to give more, to be able to give any sort of, like, substantial insight to, like, these lower ranking guys. Like, all, all I really know right now is headline events and headline fighters, to be honest with you. So, uh, yeah, let's keep, let's run away with it. Uh, Kayo Boralo gets the submission in two. You picked this one. Uh, you picked a decision, got a submission, but still. Versus uh, Mikael, uh, last name. <laughs> oh, okay. God, I'm not pronouncing I'm, that but... shit. 
I assume he's from Ukraine or something, or Russia, or Mikhail Oleksejuk, oh. something like that. Oleksejuk. That's yeah. yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to fuck that one up too badly. Uh, submission in two. So with a name like Caio Barallo, I'm assuming he's Brazilian. To get a submission. I would assume so as well. Nice. What was? I I'm. I feel bad. I'm struggling to remember what. So am I. That's uh, kind of leaning down. on you. It feels here. like ancient ago. And it was only a few weeks ago. Yeah, this is me being. This is my casual moment right here. <laughs> well, like, there's a lot of fight sports going on right now. Like, this first half of the year for both U MMA and boxing has been fucking ridiculous. I can only hope that the latter half of the year keeps up because we have yep. we have some uh, first half of the year like uh, KOs, submissions, fight of the year, etc. We'll have some of those coming up uh, towards the end of June, but. Yeah, we really have been spoiled for choice this year. Yeah, it's been hard. Like, I, I stopped keeping track of how many, like, in boxing, how many fight of the year contenders I've seen. It's been stupid in, a, in the best way possible. We just want to press ahead to um, last weekend? Sure. All right. Sure. Well, we can, we can breeze through some of these yeah. other ones. Yeah, so Caio Barallo gets a submission to Rodolfo Vieira gets submission to. You called this one, so that's a three-pointer for you. Ayo. And Cody Brundage did not. Chief, like, you can wipe wipe the tears as you're uh, searching for clues on Brock. Fernando Padilla, Chief's pick for decision, KO1 over Julian Arosa. That was a featherweight fight, so Chief gets a one here. And uh, Marcos Rogerio de Lima, Chief picks by submission. This went all three versus Waldo Cortez Acosta. That was a heavyweight fight. Yeah, nothing really stands out out of those. Uh, this was a fight that made me really feel like a casual because uh, I genuinely did think that uh, Waldo was going to win, and he got, like, dog-locked, like, it was. Uh, I don't think it, that fight was remotely close. Mm. <clears throat> All right, let's press ahead uh, to Friday, May fifth. That was a few days ago. One fight night ten at the First Bank Center in Colorado, same place where the uh, BKFC card was. But uh, Demetrius Johnson gets UD five over Adriana Marias. Um, apparently, I didn't know this coming into it, but these guys are like one and one in their three-fight series. So uh, mm -hmm. I, I think Mariah's even KO'd Johnson. Not 100% on that, but I think that's how he got his win. So that was pretty cool. It was a... It wasn't the most exciting fight. Like, just before we started, uh, you, I was watching, catching up on the uh, UFC 288 fights, and you were here with me and like it was really obvious I was enjoying what I was seeing this was not quite the same uh, not quite as fun it was extremely technical yes but eh, not not the same level of excitement as uh, another fight we're going to talk about in a little bit mm -hmm. <coughs> anything to add on Demetrius he didn't confirm or deny if he was going to continue fighting uh, in the like the press, not necessarily in the build-up to the fight, but in the time leading up to it, outside of the 
media circus. Like he had been talking about not being certain if he wanted to continue his career. Yeah, I don't know. He's been at it for a long time, but this is like he's like one of the rare fighters you could really call ageless because mm -hmm. he still looks like yeah. you could consider him elite and he's what pushing 40 now yeah i didn't know he was as old as he was yeah he's he's been doing this a long time so i, I wouldn't be surprised at all if he decided to hang it up but i kind of hope he sticks around because he's still fighting at such a high level yeah i i uh told i said in our group chat immediately after this one was over I'm like man that this guy's really cool this is just a that's just a great fighter right there great guy great person all around Seems like an awesome guy. I'd love to hang out with him sometime. That would be great. I'll I'll call him. That would quick. be sick. Yeah. I'll, yeah. Yeah. I'll just hit him up. up. Yep. Uh, let's move move down that card real quick. Uh, Rochang, ooh shit. Uh, Jeet Muangnon, I think. He was the flyweight Muay Thai champion. Gets the KO two over Edgar Tavares. Um, I bring this one up because that KO was super cool. Really fun. Um. <laughs> That spinning elbow that Tavares was trying, it landed a few times to start as the fight progressed. Uh, Rotong was obviously getting getting hip to what was happening. And mm -hmm. and then the KO. Holy shit, like he uh, he deflects the spinning elbow and then follows it up with a with an elbow of his own to a very exposed face of Tavares. Very cool. Yeah, it's super slick. <clears throat> um, I just hearing what the what the commentary table was talking about about Rotong the hold on a second okay good yeah Rotong came into this came to 1FC I want to say he had almost like 300 professional Muay Thai wins something like that they were they gave a pretty high number um, in his I guess international career he has a loss in Ryzen to Tension Nasukawa, mm -hmm. which, like, I guess, kind of no surprise there, I suppose. He had a mixed rules fight with uh, Demetrius Johnson that he lost, and his Muay Thai, FC Muay Thai record is fourteen and one after this win, fourteen and one, and the one loss that he has, he ended up beating that guy's ass in their rematch. So cool for him. Uh, I think they were saying that he was the um, Nong O, the guy that last that lost uh, most recently. Those two mm -hmm. are like Muay Thai, Thailand idols. So, right. They're yeah. They're definitely the the cream of the crop as far as like most accomplished or at least most what you know well known. Yeah. They're, they're way up there for them. They're both legends in their own right. Yeah, Rotong for sure, obviously, for sure showed why he is. Like, that guy is fucking crazy. He very much, like, the the description that I was given of Nong O before, before we watched his loss, you know, like, the guy's crazy. He's like a Tong Po from the movie Kickboxer, kicking walls and shit. <laughs> like, Rotong definitely embodied that a little bit better than uh, Nong O did, <laughs> to <laughs> say the least. Yeah. Yeah, I'll t I wanted to say it was funny watching. Have you watched his fight against Demetrius Johnson? No, I haven't. That's a really funny fight to watch. Just you're watching in real time, or 
yeah, I'm sure DJ like took the fight seriously coming into it, but like you see his eyes kind of go wide early on that first round where he realizes, oh, I'm kind of locked in the cage with this guy. <laughs> um, and like totally, totally earns his respect on the feet. And I think the way that fight worked, it was uh, like four rounds and it was Muay Thai, MMA, Muay Thai, MMA. And, oh. you know, as soon as it got to the MMA round, like, DJ got him on the ground and submitted him. Like, you know, he yeah. took care of business there. But, like, the one round it was standing up was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> <coughs> like, he's immediately clinching, and the ref's like, no, no, you can't clinch like that in Muay Thai. And he's like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> DJ was, was uh, like, what have I done? What have I signed up for? A little bit, a little yeah, bit. He nice. had the... It was, it was real fun. They were super respectful to each other after the fight. You know, yeah, was, of course. Both these guys were super good, super cool guys. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, let's move down to Stamp Fairtex. Got that KO2 kick over Elise Anderson. This was an atomweight MMA fight. <clears throat> that kick was fucking nasty. It hurt to look at. Um, it reminds me of the not the not the Ryan Garcia one, but Richard Comey getting stopped by Jose Ramirez that yeah the way that it like grazes the body but holy shit for some reason it just makes them if they freeze they collapse it's like they can't move yeah I feel like it just I don't know the way the glove or the foot just drags across the body yeah. in that direction I feel like it just it's debilitating it rearranges their intestines or something and they can't stand it yeah and most <clears throat> uh, to the bottom here, the I just watched this a second ago, but uh, Sage Northcutt gets a submission in one over Ahmed Muchaba. This was a MMA fight, lightweight. It was a submission. After seeing what happened to him in that knockout loss, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> really glad to see him in the win column, able to get some of his mojo back. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, me me too. Uh, Sage is was kind of billed as a very you know very exciting up and comer, kind of like a rising star mm -hmm. uh, before uh, the Cosmo fight. So for him to be able to come back, and that was a couple of years ago. He's it's been a long layoff since that fight, um, but for him to come back and win pretty quickly and take care of business was encouraging to see. And in style uh, too. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of, I think, all of, all these winners here on this card, these are, you know, when we talk about, like, crossover stars from between different organizations, I think all of these guys and gals um, have a legitimate claim to that. Um, I think if, I mean, Rod Tang, obviously, he's got some issues on the ground, but striking-wise, I think he could strike with the best. For even sure. In, you know, UFC or Bellator or whatever. Even though they fight on one, like, the, the talent's real here. Yeah. Yeah, it's really cool to to see that it's not just UFC with like a stranglehold on the elite talent. Uh, Northcutt, the guy looks like he could be in a like a Street Fighter game. The way he moves, he the way like he looks. He looks like a GI Joe. He looks like a GI Joe action figure. Is what he looks like. Yeah, the he, the guy has the look to be a star. And after seeing this, apparently he's got the goods. So that's fun. Uh, let's go to UFC 288. This was at the Prudential Center in New Jersey. 
this we are recording on May 7th. This was on the 6th. Aljamain Sterling defends his bantamweight title. He gets a split decision over Henry Cejudo, who was he was coming off a pretty long layoff too, wasn't he? A couple years. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, knew it was three, four years since his last fight. What happened? Uh, well, he just like he won and kind of retired. Uh, he just said, "Oh yeah, I'm, I'm retiring on top," kind of thing. Okay. <clears throat> uh, yeah, they were saying that Cejudo didn't necessarily lose his title. It wasn't taken from him. To put it that way, correct. Instead. He he bowed out on top. Yeah, and I, for coming off a three-year layoff, like the, the he gave Aljamain Sterling a hell of a fight. That looked pretty rough. He did. Yeah, I I will say I was expecting a little more from him, but he still he didn't come out and look rusty yeah. per se. I think Sterling uh, Sterling kind of proved himself to me in a couple ways that maybe I wasn't giving him credit for before. But um, he's, I mean, his fight IQ seems actually pretty, a little bit on a higher tier than I thought, because he fought this perfectly, and he, as soon as he figured out what would work against Cejudo, he stuck to that game plan. The, yeah, I have marked here the low kicks from Sterling. Like, Cejudo's legs were buckling, and his he is fucking stocky, so, and his legs are really meaty. So to, mm-hmm. for his legs to have taken that much from Sterling, that says a lot to me. So that was. It seemed like he took away uh, Sehudo's. Not. I, I'm trying to think of how to how to phrase it, but like obviously Sehudo was trying to t- keep it on the ground a little more. So I think he maximized his advantages. He used his range really well. Yes. And when he was on the ground, he, you know, he was constantly moving for a submission attempt, and when that wasn't there, he was going for hammer fists and ground and pound. And, you know, he never put himself in harm's way, really. Yeah, he, he did use his range really well. He showed his fight IQ really well. That's something he mentioned. Uh, just before, Sugar Sean O'Malley. I have him here as Splendor Sean, because I don't know what he is, so to me he's artificial sweetener right now. But what's, <laughs> what's the big deal with Sean O'Malley? At what we just saw against Sterling, how does... How does Sean O'Malley fare against... How does he plan against that kind of fight? What are his advantages and what kind of... What what tools in his toolkit would be most effective? Well, everything Sean's got going for him is on the feet. So if he's able to keep the fight standing against Sterling, I think he's got a chance because... It, kind of you see how Aljamain used his reach in this fight he's not going to be able to do that because Sean's the longer and taller guy so it'll be a little bit rules reverse for Aljamain um you know his striking's legit um I think he showed that against Jan and he's got I think he's got some grit to him I think he can overcome some adversity but I just it's tough to really see him winning this fight because I feel like this fight will go to the ground every single round and I don't know I feel like Aljamain at worst case could just hold him there right like I've not seen the in part of it is because I don't think O'Malley's fought many wrestlers um but I haven't seen enough of him to know that he can battle out of that position I feel like he could just get held down and laid on all fight so that's it makes it tough but as long as this fight is standing I think the ball is in O'Malley's court so, right. Okay. Interesting. So you both picked Sehudo to win. 
Um, sad day for us. <laughs> yeah. Aljamain gets... He gets the um, two cards, two of the three cards, uh, I think by three to two, and then loses two to three on the other. Now, there was a little bit of a controversy there because... Uh, the one of the judges that gave three two to Sterling, he the two rounds he gave to Cejudo were the rounds two and three, but he gave round five to Sterling, what? which that seemed like, yeah, that seemed like a very dominant Cejudo round. Right, like two so, and three, I guess you could make a case, but uh, round five, like I'm not sure what fight you were watching, buddy. That's no, yeah, even and, I know. Like what the hell? Yeah, it was it was very strange, and I'm struggling to muster up the the outrage for it because I think Sterling winning that fight's the correct decision, but just looking at that scorecard, that's nothing. yeah, that, that is a really really bad scorecard. That furrowed brow and uh, stern disappointment. That's right. Um, you know, if we, were t if we were sitting here and saying Cejudo won, I don't know how enthused I would be about it, because I'm like, I don't know if you really won that fight. Yeah, but, you're right. I mean, 3-2 Sterling, that's actually what I, ha that's what I had, uh, just kind of doing my best to keep track of what was happening, was 3-2 Sterling. It was, uh, wasn't very clear for either guy, necessarily. Well, mm -hmm. it was more clear for Sterling than it was for Cejudo, but it was still a really close fight. Yeah, I think rounds one through three were like kind of that close but clear kind of distinction where it's like, yeah, these are close rounds, but I think Sterling's just, he's getting each one. Yeah, he's doing enough. It, I did give the second round to Cejudo, uh, but I was like, man, that was a close round. <laughs> like both guys had, had success in that, so it wasn't, a, it wasn't very clear until the fifth round. So, I want I wanted to ask why the is it was it because the crowd was so pro Sehudo that they were booing Sterling, or is it just that like people don't like Sterling? Uh, probably a little both. I think maybe not less not liking Sterling and more not liking his style because he's a slower paced fighter. Ah, I see. So and we had some big knockouts on this card, so people were right. kind of primed and for the. <laughs> Oh, man, yeah, they're you're hoping, coming to the main event. Right, and they're probably hoping to wash the taste of uh, Bilal and Gilbert out of their mouths. Because that, kind of that was kind of a slow-paced fight as well. Yes, so, so speaking of which, let's get into that one. Oh, um, wait, real quick before we sure, move. Sure, sure. Did you see the uh, that Marab jumped into the ring when Sean O'Malley did? Oh, I, I saw that he tried. Oh, he, he actually got in. Oh, nice. And so he's so O'Malley had that like red coat on. And he takes it off and he goes to like hand it to one of his people. But Marab is standing right there. So Marab takes it and puts it on, <laughs> and jumps on the top of the cage and starts like yelling and screaming. And then O'Malley notices and stops talking shit to uh, Sterling and goes over there and tries to get his coat back. <laughs> oh, that's good. I thought it was something with uh, Dana White because it looked like Sean O'Malley was talking to him. But. No, well, he, well, he was. Like, I think White got in between the two, mm. but, um, yeah, he was trying to go after Murad. <laughs> That's my jacket, bitch. 
<laughs> so I hope, I, I really actually hope Sean O'Malley wins this fight, because now the seeds have been set for O'Malley and Marab. That too, yes. The fight for the coat, or the jacket. Can, uh, That's cut, right. Cut in that um, Sopranos scene. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, let's get to Bilal Muhammad getting the UD over Gilbert Burns. Um, this was a quick turnaround for Burns, wasn't it? Because I feel like we just talked about him not too long ago. Yeah, he fought less than a month ago on against Masvidal. Um, but to be fair, this was also a short turnaround for Bilal. Bilal. As well. I think he took it on three and a half weeks' notice. Short um, notice and. Uh, just coming off of Ramadan as well, mm -hmm. so that yeah, which, so, which can be rough on the body. Yeah, for sure. So two two guys, very quick turnaround for a fight. I feel like they made this so quickly because they know that uh, Leon versus Colby is imminent, and they just want to say, "Hey, we're given whoever wins this the next title shot." Um, so yeah, jockeying like for guys... position. Mm -hmm. Cool. So. That's was... why it happened. All right, that makes sense. So, like, Gilbert Burns, um, about what round do you think, like, the shoulder problem really became an issue? Because he started off not too badly, and then it just took a nosedive. Where do you think that so happened? I think, so I think Dana White said it was their very first scramble they had in the first round. Like, it was that early in the fight. Yikes. Which is, that's upsetting. Yeah. And there was also chatter that uh, Muhammad had, like, a lingering injury that he was dealing with. And his cornermen oh, really? were telling him, like, you gotta push through it. Push through the pain. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, think, I wanna say it was, like, his left foot or something. And that was part, that contributed to him constantly switching stances. Yeah, it was his ankle, is what I'm that's saying. That's what right it now. is. Yes, yeah, his left ankle. Yeah, uh, he was trying to... It's weird, like, he was trying to not fight on it so much, but, like, with walking, he didn't seem to have any issues. Like, he didn't look... He wasn't limping or not even put it, treading lightly with it. He seemed to be okay <laughs> at times. That's an odd one. Yeah, he, uh... Well, this is probably something that his style benefits from, because he's kind of a... He's much slower paced and he'll kind of fight very long behind a lot of leg kicks and he'll he's not someone that pushes the pressure a whole lot so he probably got a little saved there he didn't have to put a lot of forward pressure on the ankle like right. stepping and stuff <clears throat> um where let me hold on a second hold up ufc rankings welter wait leon edwards Colby Covington, uh, Kazmat Shimaev, and Bilal Muhammad, and Gilbert Burns were five and four. Uh, Shimaev is three, and Usman is still ranked number one. Uh, where, where, with Colby Covington being next for Leon Edwards, what's next for for Bilal here, between, uh, let's say Usman and uh, Shimaev? Well, the title is next. Is it? Yeah, Dana White did say this is this is the t the next fight after Colby. Oh. So Colby's got Leon, and then winner gets the winner of this fight will fight the winner of that fight. Ah. Okay. Cool. So, 
I know Sh uh, Shemayev is ranked, but I think he's moving up. Oh, okay. He's technically in uh, Izzy's division now. Um, and Usman is not going to fight, I don't think, a top fiver in his comeback fight. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine he, he would. I know he mentioned fighting Stephen Thompson, which would be a very favorable fight for him. Uh, Just got to get the get your feet back under you a little bit. Right. And there are also two guys that have been in the division for a long time, just never crossed paths. So there is some novelty in seeing them fight, but I think Usman would wipe the floor with him, unfortunately. Uh, anything more on these welterweights before we move, move, before we nope. move on? Let's, let's move right along. All right, cool. So we had Yan Xiaonan, ranked sixth, gets the KO1 over Jessica Andrade, ranked four. You both picked... Andras to win this. This was a female, uh, women's strawweight. Um, I, from what they said, the current champion is, yes, is also West Taiwanese. So this is like the all, they, they were talking about that being the all, uh, oh, all China fight. Was this fight at strawweight, not at flyweight? It was at straw. Okay, so... Andrade moved up. Is oh, oh wait, there's a, is there a weight below? Because they were both ranked at straw weight. Yeah, well, Andrade fought at a uh, flyweight, or I guess she moved down then. Ah, like straw okay. weight at the bottom. Yeah, my bad. Right. Um, but yeah, um, Whaley versus uh, Xiaonan. Uh, Yan. How do you? How would you say that last name? Yan Xiaonan. Yan is the last name, Xiao but it Yan goes, okay. goes first for the Eastern languages. Yeah, I wonder if that's, if that's a fight they would actually try and put in Beijing as, like, the first China UFC card. Because they could probably justify that. They could also justify putting Ji Lei Zhang on it, the heavyweight boxer who just beat Joe Joyce. Oh, yeah. Just... Can, we, can, we get, can we organize that to be... Francis Ngannou's first boxing fight <laughs> that, and have a mixed thing, like 1FC? That would not be bad. Um, put one, Have it be one of those like five rope or the extra ropes that they have on it to simulate a cage, sort of. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it sounds like uh, West Taiwan is coming up in com combat sports. Good for them. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> 1.3 billion people about fucking time somebody showed up at the world level uh one thing on uh Xiaonan, her fighting the check right that finished the fight was really really cool uh she was getting backed up Andrade was really putting on the pressure and then uh night night uh her striking was she's really really fast like her she's got really fast hands and she's really accurate too and accuracy isn't the same in MMA as it is in boxing. Like, it, there's a little bit more... Your left and right lateral limits are a little broader. But, mm -hmm. like, she was fucking crisp. It looks like she was training, like, boxing. Exactly not. And just, like, general striking or Muay Thai or something. She looked really yeah, good. Yeah, she looked, she looked very good and very refined. And that does give me a hope for her moving forward because I know Whaley and Rose are both very very high level strikers so if she's got that already 
she should be able to hang her own against these these others. Cool. Um, quickly finishing up the card, uh, Matt Frovola gets the KO1 over Drew Dover. This is a chief pick. Oh, right. You both picked Andrade. Uh, chief picked Bilal. And you both picked Sahudo. Good stuff. Uh, okay, so Drew Dober gets knocked out in one. Uh, I couldn't find a ranking for Frivola. Dober was ranked 14th. And oh, don't worry. He'll be ranked after this. Yeah. <laughs> no shit. Good. That was that was really fun. Um, that's uh, what was it? Dober that threw that like spinning kick and it got it got caught by Frivola. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. There was. He had some. He threw some pretty wild stuff and. Provola did a pretty good job of catching and slipping it. I think even in the the knockout shot he landed, he he dodged a combination before he landed that, that yeah. right hook. Uh, so this is the weight division that's ruled by Makachev, right? Islam. Yes, this was a lightweight, a lightweight fight. Yeah. Yep. So, looking at the top of the division, we got Charles Oliveira, Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, uh, Benil Dariush, and Michael Chandler. Um, so, there's obviously quite a bit of fighters to go before Frivola is looking at that top five. Um, but there's a, there's a long way to go before he even cracks the top ten. You think? All right. Yeah, you know, guys like. Armin Saryukin, Rafael Desanos, Dan Hooker. Like, these are all, like, I don't know if Frivola can beat those guys. I think remains to be seen, at least. Okay. He's got a lot of guys in front of him. So, yeah, that uh, that answers my the follow-on question to what I was about to ask, which is, like, how does he... Is he ready? You know, like, is or was this... It not we're not gonna call it a lucky a lucky shot that won the fight or anything or that set up yeah, the sir, stoppage. Definitely not. But um how yeah, like how is he how does the how steep is the mountain looking for a guy like Frivola, which apparently is very Yeah, this is a this is a real steep mountain to climb. It's kind of you go almost one ranking at a time it feels like because you're not gonna get a fight even just outside the top five. That's Fazeev and Gamrot. Like, you're not going to take a fight like that next. But maybe he fights uh, the 12th or 13th ranked guy. I'm, I'm assuming he'll come in at 14 or 15 following this win. Yeah. Um, probably 15 gets moved up. Right. So, he'll probably take someone outside the top 10, and then we'll see how he does. And then, But it's, it's a very slow climb, I think. There's a lot of people who are in line for a title shot, or will be in contention for a title shot once guys move on. So he's got a long ways to go. Oh, speaking of long ways to go, uh, Movsar Ivloev, he was ranked 10th at featherweight. He gets the UD over Diego Lopez, who was making his UFC debut. It's important to remember that, or to note that Diego Lopez had, he was coming off of a really solid win streak coming into the UFC. And he's also had a really solid career overall coming into the UFC. So it's not like this guy's just some chump off the street. Movsar has, like, he, to me, like, it looked like he was really having a hard time in there. 
Diego Lopez did not come here for a paycheck. He came here to fuck somebody up. Uh, wow. Uh, I'm not, in, not, not entirely sure where I want to start with a line of questioning here. Ivloev not struggling with an unranked guy. It was short notice, I guess, five days or whatever. So you got to give him that, I suppose. But how how does this look for him with the rest of the with the rest of the division stacked the way it is? He's he's number he's ten. Uh, Tapuria, Chikats, uh, Zombie, Qatar, Emmett, Allen, Ortega, Holloway, and Yair. And then Volkanovski is the champion. Right, right. Yeah, it's never a good look when an unranked guy nearly submits you like three times. Yeah. Which is what happened. Uh, um, Every round. Yeah, yeah. Every I mean, fucking was, round. Uh, there was two armbar attempts. There was a knee bar attempt at the very last second of the fight. Triangle um, attempt at the end of the second round that he that the bells to me the end of the round saved him. Because he had that shit. Yeah, that was... I mean, it was close, but I don't know. It feels like this was... I kind of let him off with a... Uh, with a pass here. I think Diego Lopez is for real. Yeah, so you think um, you can uh, start cracking some heads with, like, we'll say the bottom five of the 15? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he reels off a couple wins after this and get finds himself ranking pretty quickly because he seemed, yeah, I mean, his striking he was, a was huge good. underdog. Yeah, his striking yeah. was really really good too. For yeah, being... it's, it... go ahead. Yeah, for being uh, for first time coming to the UFC, he's already got a lot going for him. He tra- so this will be. He is Alexa Grasso's grappling trainer. So it's, it's obvious that it obviously he has elite world level grappling, but like his striking was fucking sick, and he apparently trains with Grasso's father. And Mexican boxing, we all know what that is. So yeah, this dude's got he's got the goods, and to come in on this short of notice, that's fucking insane. Really, really glad to see that I got to see this. You know, from from its inception. Hmm. Man, Edson Barbosa. What do you think about that? Eddie, what for next for who? For Diego. Oh no! <laughs> you don't want to feed him to the wolves right away. Uh, well, let's, let's get him a couple wins first. <laughs> uh, you want to you want to get him? Yeah, get get a couple of names under his belt. But like he's. I love- I like your enthusiasm. We don't need to ruin the kid before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I guess I'm just I'm really. Um, I told you before we started that for me, be, me like crossing over, whereas like you and Chief, you straddle the line already. Me, I'm starting to just start. I'm just starting to cross over. How do you, how do you handle like I? All the boxing fans say it. We all do with like how do you deal with the grappling isn't it boring whatever well like look at this that was not boring they were like yeah, any this... t- Lopez fucking ha- he has it man this is the grappling that will kind of get you off your seat and get you like really into 
that side of, of combat sports. Because it's tough when you watch a fight and there's like, you know, they just stick, they stay up against the cage the whole time and there's not a lot of action. That's a big turnoff. But this is the this is the flip side of it. This is the really exciting stuff. This is the real technical stuff that you can appreciate and really there's a lot of depth to understand. Yeah, even as a layman, I, it was still really exciting. Um, man. Okay, so this fight. All right, so Bryce Mitchell was originally scheduled to fight someone else. That guy drops out, and Ivloev, uh, excuse me, he comes in to replace, and he's facing Bryce Mitchell. Bryce Mitchell drops out. Diego Lopez shows up. Like what? The, what? What happened here? What? What happened to these guys? So Bryce apparently had a disc injury Oof. that Ow. I guess has been ongoing, and that forced him to drop out. Um, now, interesting. Uh, Movsar is still calling out Bryce Mitchell and wants to fight him. Yeah. At a, later down the road, this year, if he can get healthy again. So that would be an interesting fight to throw back on, but back injuries are no joke. That's hard to, uh, it's very difficult to overcome. If you can. Right, right. That could follow you the rest of your career. So, Yevloev is ranked 10th. Bryce Mitchell ranked 11th. Originally, if, like, if I hadn't seen this, I would say, why would Bryce, why would... Most are want to go for Bryce, which is a rank below. Does does that move him up the ladder? I mean, it's a ranked opponent, so it it would. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not as I mean, obviously not as much as uh, higher ranking, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, this is a you're fighting someone that's right next to you in the rankings. That's that's a good good choice for you. Okay. Oh man, I think. Um, Diego Lopez taps Volkanovski in three. Oh, bold <laughs> word. <laughs> just, just riding the wave here. Uh, last fight of this card. Charles Jordan gets the UD over Kron Gracie. You both picked Kron Gracie to win. Uh, I didn't see this one, so walk me through it. You said it was a stinker. Just how smelly this is, is it? Oh, it's bad. I mean, Jordan just... I don't know. He pieces him up decently every single round. Um, Kron seemed like he had no interest in anything except for jujitsu. Like, I mean, and maybe that isn't surprising based on his name, but like, he his strikes were in slow motion, man. Like, this is Joe Joyce. You never level of slow motion. Maybe not that slow, okay. but like, I mean, his, his like. His kick, I mean, you could run to 7-Eleven and grab some groceries <laughs> by the time that kick landed. Ouch. Um, it was uh, it was tough. And, I mean, when you, you could see him almost, like, spring to life. As soon as it got on the ground and there was, like, a submission opportunity, you could see him, you know, almost wake up a little bit. But, uh, no, Jordan just, he could have slept off this fight and still won. Uh, um, how does Diego Lopez fair against either one is that his level um or still more to go 
You could maybe put, I mean, you could put him against Gracie. I'm sure he'd win. Gracie looked awful. But um, I could see him being competitive with Jordan. Fun. That might be an actually good fight. Oh, boy. It is difficult because, uh, you know, while Gracie did try more when it was on the ground, he didn't really accomplish much or ever put uh Jordan in danger, but I think that might be that might be worthy of consideration there. That's good. It's good to it's good to kind of gauge where Lopez is. Uh, I'm really trying to get onto this train here before it takes off, just so that I can say I was in on the ground floor, which is a topic I want to bring up later. Actually, so we'll uh, we'll we'll can that one for now. So, after the most recent cards that we've covered, we are sitting at Nathan, 15 points, with and Chief pulls ahead by two, coming up at 17. He got a few mm. um, methods selected correctly that really got him over the top there. So, let's move into our previews, unless you have something further to add on our recaps. Uh, no, let's move right ahead. Okay. On Friday, there's a Bellator card on May 12th. This one's in France. There's a lot of French fighters. So um, after French boxing being in the bin, uh, Cyril Gane in the bin, like French fight sports is in the fucking bin. Watch that if you have nothing else to do. Okay, May 13th. <clears throat> This is a fight night card, but it is in it is on location. It's not at the apex. So from what I understand, this means that it's kind of a little bit more important. Is that a fair assessment? Like there's more going on than just prospects? Yeah. Um, I mean, the apex fights have proven to be kind of significant. Um, I think they're still trying to figure out what exactly they want to do with that because sometimes them and the Fight Night cards are on the same. Sometimes Apex cards are a little better, but um, it having on site with the crowd, there's you'll see more contenders typically. Like, could be in line for an immediate shot should they win. Like Holloway being on location, right? Correct, correct. Okay, so let's... As I'm told that there's... I think it was Chief that said there's like six cards per on the fight night cards. Or six mm -hmm. fight, yeah, yes. six fights per card. Cool. So let's go from the bottom up on this one. Uh, Cody Staman versus Doug, Douglas Silva de Andrade. This is a bantamweight fight. I honestly don't know. Like, I'm looking at the next two cards that we're covering. I have no idea who these people are. Um, I won't lie. I'm right there. <laughs> All right, like, cool. There's a there's actually there's three fights I think I could I have actually something to say I think of the next like twelve fights yeah 12 of, of the twelve up. yeah that's or twelve pretty, fights coming up yeah it's pretty bad unfortunate sorry be yeah. better and I'll recognize you <laughs> uh, yeah you got to be world class for me for me to know your name sorry Carl Williams uh, Chase Sherman that's a heavyweight fight. Stop me at any point if uh, there's one that you want to talk about. Ian sure. Machado Gary Gary versus uh, Daniel Rodriguez, a welterweight fight. Mackenzie Dern and Angela Hill. 
straw weight. Anthony Smith, Johnny Walker, light heavyweight. Yep, we, right. we gotta park the brakes here. Cool. Um, so this is gonna be an interesting one. Um, I I don't know if you could call this a contender fight because I feel like we've seen the limits of both these guys, but this will be interesting because Johnny Walker, his fights go one of two ways. Either he delivers some spectacular knockout or he gets knocked out in spectacular fashion. So just for that, I mean, he's, he's like musty TV for like the wrong reason. <laughs> um, Train wreck. And yes. And I mean, some sick bastard on the MMA subreddit was floating Johnny Walker as an idea for uh, Alex Pereira's first light heavyweight fight. Oh, no. And I'm very morbidly <clears throat> curious to see if they try and make that fight if Walker wins on the 13th. Mm. So I uh, that's what I'm reading for. I'm reading for chaos and a, a funny highlight. So. so Johnny Walker, was he going to be... Uh, was he supposed to be a big thing before he started getting his uh, his face rocked off? Yeah, he had he had a decent little bit of hype. Um, he may have been coming up when John Jones was still around in the division, so he he wasn't secondhand shine. It well, he he wasn't even in the conversation of John Jones' opponents, uh. I believe. Uh, but he was still like, hey, this is a really fun guy to watch, you know. You know, he was someone the UFC was shining a bigger spotlight on. And then he started getting knocked out in crazier and crazier ways. I'm torn so. between trying to make uh, Johnny Walker like the, a whiskey joke or Johnny Walker never be, quite became Johnny Runner. <laughs> it's really funny. Everybody's laughing. All right, the Great main event. Yeah, the main event. Oh, we event. do real quick. Oh, sure. We do real quick. Anthony Smith, um, he is, he actually could have been one of the guys to have beaten, air quotes, John Jones, because John Jones uh, committed the same foul he did against, uh, not the same foul, I think he kneed him when he was on the ground, um, when he had both hands, and uh, Smith could have laid over right there and delivered John Jones another loss, and he didn't. He uh, soldiered through it, and I think he went the decision with him. Um, he gets his uh, Lionheart nickname for a reason. So, um, he's a trooper. He should make this a pretty interesting fight between him and Walker. So, I'm actually excited for this one. Should this be the main instead of Komei? Or do the, like, do the two the heavyweights have something going on for him? Jerzino uh, Rosenstreak versus Jelton Jalton Almeida? Um, I personally would not have a problem with either being, uh, either being the main event. I have a little bit more familiarity with both sides of the Smith and Walker card, but you know, Rosenstrike's had his fair share of, of knockouts, so I can I understand putting him up there. Yeah, like the way I think it, we were talking, and I was talking to somebody in Discord, and it was just like even if they're they're shitters, just heavyweight fights, whatever reason, they're just more enjoyable. Even if they're two like tubs of shit, just swinging for the fences, something about it's just different, and people love it. I don't know why. I think that might be why I like Michael Coffey so much. Not just because he was in the Marines like I was, but 
also he's a heavyweight, so it's like, yeah, <laughs> I, I got to get behind my guy here. <clears throat> All right, so anything more on the main event Do we, or to add to the main event before we move on to the May 20th? <clears throat> uh, not a whole lot other than I don't think either of these guys are in position to get a title shot anytime soon, but uh, that could change if one of them scores a big knockout. That would be very favorable uh, for their, their prospects and moving up. They're ranked, I think Rose Strike is 9 and Alameda yes. is like 11 or 12 or something like that. 12. So they've got they've got uh, room to improve. I did not get their ranks onto our outline. What? Man, it doesn't matter. Cause we're already talking through it. Uh, right. So this is at the Spectrum Center in North Carolina. Maybe we could send Caleb to go watch it. Oh yeah, get a correspondent in the field. Yep. Always good to have somebody on site. Oh, let's see. May 20th. Uh, for the boxing heads out there, Devin Haney, Vasily Lomachenko, lightweight, undisputed fight. So that's pretty fun. Uh, at the apex, starting from the bottom up, stop me if there's someone to talk about. Uh, Diego, what is that? Ernest Ferreira versus Michael Johnson at lightweight. Uh, Andre Fialo, Joaquin Buckley at welter. Uh, Alir Latifi. Oh. Uh Joaquin Buckley, um, I know nothing about his opponent, but Joaquin Buckley's been in some good fights. Okay, there we go. Joaquin he may Buckley may have been on the receiving. He may have been on the wrong end of some. Was he the guy who? There, I think Buckley. He's either. I think he may have been on the receiving end of this knockout. But it was one of those. Oh no, out. no Buckley. He do. You, have you seen that one where the guy? Uh, it's Buckley. He throws a kick and it gets caught. And while the guy's holding his leg, he goes up in the air and roundhouse kicks him and knocks yes. him out. Yes, I have. That was Joaquin Buckley. What? That's so, of the few MMA like high life knockouts that I know of. That's one of the very, very few. Yeah. So pay attention to this fight just for the knockout potential. Yeah, for sure. Very cool. Uh. All right, moving along. Uh, Elir Latifi versus Rodrigo Nascimento. It's a heavyweight fight. Edmund oh, Shabazia versus Anthony Hernandez. That's a middleweight fight. Orion Koske, Koski, Kosh versus Gilbert Urbina. That's a welterweight fight. And Raquel Pennington versus Irene Aldana at bantamweight. Fun. Nobody else? I, I don't think so. Very, very casual of us. Excellent. <clears throat> but, all right, so as we move, the I mentioned earlier about canning a point to talk about it. Like, I wanted to know, is who is the hipster's choice? If you wanted to say John Jones is not the GOAT, what's the hipster's choice to say they are instead? Is it Demetrius Johnson? Mm-hmm. DJ would be a pretty hipster choice. Um, Especially because he's small. I don't know if... Hmm, I almost said Silva, but I don't... I think the consensus now more days is he's not He's not really on that Mount Rushmore. It's more of a... Like, GSP is the one of that era that is held in that regard. 
me see who. I don't know. I don't know if it's as clear for boxing. Well, I mean, yep. you want to say Mayweather, right? But yeah, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. I don't think he'd be a hipster's choice by any means. Who like the hipster's choices there would be Roman Gonzalez, Manny Pacquiao, I guess, just to be contrarian. Maybe, yeah. I think uh, Khabib might even be a hipster's choice, as weird as that is to say, because there's a lot of old old head MMA guys that don't really rate Khabib's uh, title run, even though he is undefeated. It's kind of like, well, who'd he fight in comparison to who John Jones fought and who GSP fought. So Khabib might even be a... I'd say Khabib or DJ. Okay. DJ's real hipster. Yeah, those are the hipster's choices. Uh, my thinking was either Johnson or Anderson Silva. That's who I thought would be the hipster's choice for... Silva might be like a casual's choice. It's almost like saying Conor McGregor. I mean, Silva's done a lot more than McGregor has, but he's sort of like... That drop-off at the end of his career has taken him out of a lot of people's... Uh, All-time list. A lot of serious... Yeah, a lot of serious... I mean, he's, he's up there for sure, but you'd never say he's like the best. Interesting. Okay, now, last thing before we get out of here. Now that everybody has listened to all the UFC MMA talk, we are going to talk a little boxing here. Canelo gets the UD over John Ryder. This was a super middleweight. That's 168 for 168 pounds for us on the boxing side. This was an undisputed fight at 168. John Ryder, the... Gen the relatively unheralded John Ryder, I actually looked up for all four belts that the major titles in the boxing landscape. John Ryder is only ranked in one of them. I, I just I just looked this up for the sake of like curiosity because like I was looking up other people. Uh, they're fighting a champion, so what uh, what rank are they in that mm -hmm. that champions? You know ladder and John Ryder has one ranking and it's in the least prestigious of the four wow yeah so like is this uh, is this the beginning of the end for Canelo here um I said on discord a couple days ago that if this fight went to a decision Canelo's career is unironically over and so I think I have to stick to that his career is unironically over like Yes, he's the champ right now, but oh my god, like, I don't know where, like, he's fighting Bevel again, I don't see the point of that fight, he's gonna get, probably beat worse, and, but thankfully in that fight, I think you just go to decision, he'd lose on points, but if you put him up against David Benavidez next, I don't know how you could, in a right mind, pick Canelo to win that fight, like, it's just... I feel like that's just a bridge too far. And same thing with uh, David Morrell. I mean... Relatively green, but... Green, but, I mean, man, he's progressing. He's a monster. Quick. Yeah, that guy's a beast. Um, I, I could see him beating Charlo, and the only reason I say that is because Charlo's been out of it for a while, and he's gained a fair bit of weight in his off time. So even if he gets... I'm sure he'd be able to get down to 168, but... 
Um, that long layoff, I think I would give Canelo uh, an edge in that fight. But against like the real contenders. guys, that people can yeah, against the real contenders, like he's gonna start getting beat bad. Cause like Ryder's not good, man. Oh, he's man. not. Uh, I would put I would give Morel like six, maybe seven rounds before Ryder's done. Benavidez, I'd go. He's he's brutal, but not as brutal. I'd go like eight or nine. Either way, they're both ending Ryder before the twelfth. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, Canelo was beating this guy like pillar to post in the first couple rounds, but I mean, super early, Ryder was still landing. That's probably the most Canelo's really been hit in his last several fights because he's fought a lot of boxer types or like outboxers and uh Ryder was still landing some good good shots on him like he never hurt Canelo there's never a question of, of that this is the but... uppercut that was really cutting through his guard for sure yeah and that's you, you sh I don't know you sh I feel like you shouldn't be getting touched up by a guy like John Ryder absolutely and then once the ninth <clears throat> round hit it felt like all of Canelo's energy left yeah and it was like He's on fumes now. Great. We yeah, we know how he looks when he slows down. Uh, yeah. Like against Arislandi Lara for sure. For sure. In the latter half of the fight, he was donezo. Yeah, this definitely wasn't a good look. He look he looked good, considering who he was fighting, but have going twelve with this caliber not a good look at all, and it uh, no. The, he's obviously more business minded at this point. Get your money, man. Can't can't fault you for that. But it, it, yeah, it's about time to step away. Like you're you're Feinsteining the fucking super middleweight division here. Yeah, I mean, uh, the king is currently still on his throne. That throne's about to be usurped. So yes, absolutely. Either either take a bow on top or get ready to get your teeth kicked in. And fighting Beevil again. Why? 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 Whatever. It's, it's uh, machismo, I suppose. <clears throat> Alright, but that's going to do it for us here at the Ultimate Fucking Casual. Uh, let's see. Let's get our plugs in here. Uh, B-Sides Boxing, if you want to hear more more boxing talk, more in-depth. Uh, boxing in Espanol, it's in Spanish, no shit. So if you like boxing and you are a Spanish speaker, you can hear me speak really poor Spanish over there. Uh, if you would like to read the most terrible boxing opinions, you can catch mine on Wayside Monthly. It's on our website. And my buddy Ryan doing Real Deal Cinema, doing Real Deal Holyfield shit over there. All right, Nathan, parting words. Um, thanks for having me, Rip Canelo and Buck uh, Tyson Fury. In, Damn it, that was uh, insane. She's, she's dead. Oh. You can say it too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chief, bring Brock home. Uh, we don't negotiate with terrorists. Bring him home by force. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. And uh, we're going to have my homegirl take us out. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. You have any questions or comments on what was discussed or have a topic you'd like to hear on the podcast? 
you can leave a message on our unattended phone line at 833-589-7637. That's 833-LUX-PODS. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lvxentertainment.net. Got a red flag, US got red stripes, last train to